From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate, appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour as we get ready to uh, launch our 20th, well, to our 24th year. Gabe, 24 years just around the corner. <laughs> our producer, Gabe Sorensen, who's been with us for the majority of those years, and thanks to all of you who have uh, helped us along the way, especially you, the listeners, and some of our wonderful guests uh, and uh, Appreciate all of your help, and along those lines, we'd uh, like to welcome in Kathleen Domingo, who is the executive director of the California Catholic Conference uh, that represents all the bishops of the state of California. Kathleen, good day to you. Hi, Bob. How are you today? Uh, doing very, very well. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I know it's uh, well. It seems like it's always an election year. It's, it's <laughs> always. I I I've ever I've ever somebody the other day complaining about something happening so close to an election, and I'm going, when is it not an election going on? Well, right, we had that special election last year in, yep. in California, so you're, you're right, it is almost always an election. Yeah, yep. indeed, indeed it is. It's it's amazing. Uh, all you got to do is turn on the TV, somebody's having a primary somewhere, or something, <laughs> something, something's going on. So, uh, a, a lot happening in your world, I know, uh, obviously, Prop one. Um, I have to ask, you know, have, have we learned anything from the experience in Kansas uh, in the last couple of weeks in terms of of how to maybe approach a Prop one? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I've reached out to colleagues and friends in Kansas who worked on that campaign to ask the same question. You know, it's really unfortunate and it was heartbreaking. But what can we learn from that, especially as we um, jump into the fight with Prop 1 here in California? So I think a couple of things, right? I think the timing, unfortunately, was really rough for Kansas. Um, their vote came, um, you know, really close after the Dobbs decision. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that just the anger that a lot of people still have over Dobbs and the misunderstanding about what does Dobbs mean um, and what did Roe actually do and what did it mean, I think has, has left a lot of people with confusion but also with anger. Um other, other factors, though, that I think, you know, we should really start paying attention to in California, there were two things that I learned. Um, one is that there was um, splintering among the pro-life side. So there were some people that wanted to stick on the campaign message and really be very forthcoming and straightforward. Um, and then there were other people who really decided this is our opportunity to sort of take a broader moment to talk, to try to, you know, talk about ending abortion um, altogether mm -hmm. when that really wasn't what the vote was about. And even though the spirit of those folks might have been okay, um, in a campaign, it's really important to stick to the message and really let people know exactly what's at stake with this particular vote, mm -hmm. not kind of aspirationally speaking down the road what you would hope to accomplish. Right. And so because of that, there was a lot of misinformation being spread about what exactly the vote was going to do. And I think that's a really important lesson for us in California, to unite around particular messaging um, and really, you know, stick to the message. Another um, uh, factor, I think, and another lesson that I learned from, from speaking to folks in Kansas is that they were really relying on people to have the ability to understand a logical argument. The, 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 um, the initiative that they were working on in Kansas was very sort of technical. And um, so they laid out the argument in really reasonable language, but what they didn't focus on necessarily was the narrative, telling stories, like what exactly would this mean? And they realized a little bit later in the campaign that had they done that, that probably would have been very helpful. Hmm. And so I think that's a good lesson for us to learn, that here in California, you know, again, we have a very reasonable um, thing to say about Prop 1. Um, Prop 1 will expand. Um, unlimited late-term abortion in California, all at taxpayer dollars, you know, and, and we can lay that argument out, but at the same time, it's telling stories. What exactly does that mean? <laughs> that actually means viable unborn children who could live outside the womb, right, being aborted with our tax dollars for no real reason at all. I mean, that's important for people to understand that's what's at stake. So, Really telling stories, getting getting trusted messengers to be able to convey this information um, in a way that that um, people can understand, not just intellectually but also emotionally. 
I think is, is another really good lesson for us. So is because it's a, it's an up or down on a constitutional amendment, are, are, are people going to uh, try to put one and one together and say, gee, if this thing goes down to defeat, abortion will be illegal in California. Are they, are they going to try to make that connection? Is that, a, is a, that good, a fear? <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance of that, right? Again, yeah. it's, it's misinformation. So that's, um, that's why it's really important that part of our messaging, even though it's difficult for Catholics to say this, because ultimately, <laughs> right. you know, we don't want abortion at all, um, but we must say that a no vote on Prop 1 keeps abortion law exactly as it is in California. Right. And that's right. what we're saying. Just don't expand it, right? Don't expand it. Keep it like it is. We don't have to say we love it like it is, but we're just saying just keep it like it is. And that's a really important distinction for people to make, too. Yeah, I um, think so, I, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a real good point because, um, um, uh, like you say, if you, go for the, if you go for the whole ball, you, you're probably going to lose. And, right. and, if, and if you try mm-hmm. to convince people we're we're trying to ban abortion in California by defeating Prop One, uh, you're going to lose a lot of voters. Well, and it's also not true. And it's not true. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the yeah. truth truth is, uh, you're always your ally. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, we wish we wish someday that could happen, but I think we're very far from that in California. So right now, we just have to focus on what we're able to do, which is to say, um, the vast majority of Californians. Um, do not support late-term abortion, and they absolutely don't support late-term abortion, especially for women coming to California from outside of our state at taxpayer dollars. And that's what's important to remember, that we are in the majority of California, of the opinion of, of California voters. And so, you know, with that, we can have a lot of confidence that mm-hmm. we're joining the campaign, that we're sharing campaign materials. We might even want to finance the campaign and be part of that you know, project, which is so needed. So we should have a lot of confidence there that we're not we're not in a minority. We don't need to hide. But this is actually the, the majority opinion in California. Do, do we have other faith groups or other groups at all um, sort of that are allies in this fight? We have a, a really broad-based coalition. Um, it's a bipartisan coalition. We've got folks who are pro-choice who just don't support late-term abortion, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. We've got people from um, both sides of the aisle for sure. We've got people from all different faiths. We've got people from the business community who are coming to us saying, you know, I don't like the expansion of taxpayer dollars into abortion. That's not okay. That's not something that we want to see. That's not something that we approve of. We're coming at this from just a fiscal angle and from that business Mm -hmm. angle saying this is bad for business in California. Um, So we've got all kinds of different reasons um, for people to be um, working on the Prop 1 campaign with us. Very good. Very good. The uh, Obviously, uh, gee, what – Ballots go out. They, it's, not, it's not that far off. You know, you think of the election is not till November, but uh, uh, many people will have, especially in California, will have voted by then. Absolutely. Right. So I think they go out uh, about a month ahead. So yeah, probably right. by the, the first week in October. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not too, not, <laughs> not too far off at all. That's um, right. But, but even, even setting, not setting it aside, but uh, in addition to, to prop one, which is, is, is going to be almost assuredly the only one that the, the, the bishops will take a stand on. That's correct. A lot of the other propositions, um, they're, they're interesting, and you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions, of opinions on them. Um, but the bishops tend to just really stick to um, weighing in on any initiatives that have to do with kind of faith and morals and things like that. So Prop 1 will be the only one that we take a stand on, but that doesn't mean that the others aren't important. So I no, that's right. definitely encourage, <laughs> encourage folks to get educated on what is actually on the ballot. Um, there are some confusing uh, um, m- uh, messages out there and, and advertising and things like that. Yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got <laughs> 20, uh, uh, um, you know, it's, it's just it's just amazing to me. we got we got two sports gambling mm-hmm. on the ballot. Nobody knows what happens if, we know what happens if both of them fail. We don't know what happens if both of them pass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yep. I'm not sure yep. what the odds are on that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know either, and, and, you know, I'm not a part of either of those campaigns. But yeah. um, I, I, again, encourage people to, to get to know. California is interesting in that sense that we are a state that allows um, 
citizens to put measures on the ballot like this. And so, um, you know, it's really interesting. Sometimes my colleagues in other states will will just kind of laugh and say, you crazy Californians. I say, yep. Yep. (laughs) We absolutely, sometimes it works in our favor and sometimes it works against us, but that's that's definitely what we do here. Well, and there's a whole industry, uh, too, uh, of, of how to collect signatures. You know, I mean, their whole business is that that's, that's their whole business is yes. going around the country and especially in states like California that, and having, you know, hiring petition people to take the petitions out and sign for a you know, get, get paid. And I, I don't have any problem with people getting paid for their work, you know, but it, it's a, it's a whole business. They, they love to get things on the ballot or, or at least try to get them on the ballot. But it, so how do how do they number? Why do we have a prop one and then a prop twenty seven? There's only well, what six or seven on the ballot. <laughs> That's right. The California Legislature actually voted that in themselves. They decided that they were so pleased um, with the language of Prop One, and they right. wanted to make sure that it was up front so that everyone would get a chance to vote on it nice and first while they were still <laughs> fresh. And um, of course, they're pushing this right. So it, it initially was SCA ten. And it had to go through both houses of the legislature where it passed with flying colors and was signed by Governor, uh, governor Gavin Newsom. And, um, and so, of course, you know, our legislative leaders and our governor are, both, are, are pushing for um, passage of Prop 1. And so that, in, you know, can be an uphill battle, but in some ways I think it might actually help us because what we're finding is that a lot of people are saying, you know, this is just too much. We've, we've had just this real emphasis this year on abortion um, to the detriment, honestly, of so many other really positive things. There's a lot of work in the legislature this year um, around education, mm-hmm. around early childhood education, a lot of work around housing, um, a lot of work around um, different environmental issues. You know, we see that we're in a water crisis in California. So there, were, there was a lot of work around all of those things. But to be honest, they have just not gotten the press often that um that that the abortion has um because it's just been so pushed and pushed and pushed that it's just such a contentious issue and so um really you know that's that's where we are is we say we're we're, you know we're part of the no on prop one coalition we're certainly doing our part to mobilize the catholic community working really hard to make sure that catholics in california have the ability to know about prop one to form their consciences um so they can vote on this issue um, but at the same time, I mean, wouldn't we rather be doing all of this other work that would be so much more beneficial, right? Yeah. Of course, we have to focus on Prop 1 because it's there. But wouldn't we rather that that was not the focus of our California legislature and that we could really, you know, wrap our head around things like water and housing and, and making sure um, that people, um, you know, are not living on the streets and that they have access to affordable housing in California and, and that that's being built, <laughs> you know, at the rate that it needs to be built in and so all of these kinds of things and, and so many of the, the mental health considerations that are going around, not only for, um, you know, folks with, with severe mental illness and, and often living on our streets, but even mental health concerns around mm-hmm. so many of our students coming out of the pandemic and, and things like that. So those are the conversations that we are involved in and, and we continue to be involved in, especially as um, we wrap up this legislative session and, and so many bills that we've been working on throughout the year that deal with these particular issues, too. And I think, you know, so many of us kind of shake our heads and say, well, we want to get back to that. We want to get back to that focus of really helping California families um, to be able to thrive here in the state. And um, abortion is unfortunately um, a distraction from that. But it is something that we, of course, must, you know, fight and and tell people this is this is not okay. Let's put our efforts into really helping families that want to have children, that want to live here, that want to grow their families, um, and they're just having trouble doing that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting to me uh, because we, you know, we we use that term pro-choice uh, very loosely, and we are pouring resources now, or or asking to pour resources into literally paying people to have abortions. I mean, not, not, not in a bounty sense, but, but helping them financially to have, have an abortion. And it seems to me, leaving the issue out, if, if you're really in favor of choice, you would put similar resources into helping people that want to have a kid. Well, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that could be shocking for some of your listeners, I don't know, is that the California Teachers Association, this, this week we just learned, gave $250,000 to the Yes on Prop 1 campaign. Wow. Um, at the same time that they are 
you know, bemoaning the fact that there are so few students entering the school system in California, um, which has, in large part has to do with a really declining birth rate in California. Um, and so, you know, at the same time that the teachers union wants to keep teachers' jobs and wants to keep schools open, um, they're giving money to Prop 1. <laughs> and it, it's really shocking, in a sense, to say, don't you see that this is creating a culture in which children are not valued? And women are told, you know, abortion is a really great option for you. And if anything is wrong in your life at all, abortion will solve that for you. Instead of saying, gosh, we know that you want to welcome children into your life, and we know that you might be struggling, and let's see how we can help you to do that, because we want to educate your children. We want them to thrive. We want to welcome them into our classrooms and to help them do well in life. Um, it's, it's shocking that there's you know, such a disconnect, honestly, um, between people who are really pushing abortion as a solution rather than asking women, um, you know, as we do at the Sacramento Life Center and so many mm-hmm. of these beautiful pro-life pregnancy centers up and down the state, asking people, um, what is it that you need right now? And, and so often what they need is not abortion. What they need is stable housing. It's, it's you know, low-cost child care. It's um, paid family leave. Maybe it's to get away from an abusive partner. Maybe it's help with, um, with an addiction. Maybe it's uh, you know, all kinds of things. Um, maybe they don't have health insurance or they don't know where to go for that. Those are the underlying issues. And when you ask women, you know, why are you here looking for abortion? They'll tell you. And then when you, when you have the ability to say, well, you know we can help you with those things. Let's talk about that. It's not coercive. In fact, it's it's helpful. <laughs> so yeah. we're not saying, you know, I'm not, we're not trying to bar the door and say you may not get an abortion. We're saying, well, let's just pause for a minute and let's see if we can help you. And then all of a sudden what we're doing is we're, we're providing a safety net. We're providing accompaniment. And I think when we delve into that area, um, that's where we can find so much common ground, right? Everyone wants to help people. Everyone wants to help women. Everyone wants to help families, no matter what side of the aisle you want, are on, you know, no matter what you might think about certain um, political positions. So I just think that, you know, if we could just pause for a minute and sort of get away from sort of the, the um, political hysteria um, and instead have actual conversations with actual people, <laughs> we find that we have so much more in common. And the truth is that we really do value children. We really do value families. We really do want to help women who are in um, difficult situations and, and uh, you know, allowing them to continue their pregnancy while we're helping with all of the other uh, challenges that they have is, is really a merciful thing to do. Yeah, just, you know, just walk around the block with a, a newborn in a stroller or a baby Bjorn or just in your arms, and you, you'll get stopped 20 times by people of all political persuasions wanting to coo and talk to the baby. You okay. know, we, we do, value, and, and you know, so many of my friends and acquaintances who are pro-choice uh if if somebody went to them in you know pregnant and 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 in need they would they would and and saying i'd I'd really like to be able to have this baby they'd be the first ones to help they they really would be Mm -hmm. right i agree and and i think sometimes you know people um have this sense that choice is um a very merciful kind of a a position to have Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. well we just want choice Right. Um, but unfortunately, what happens is that people of means, people who have options, can talk about choice. But people who are economically vulnerable um, very often don't have choice. Right. So unfortunately, um, abortion becomes coercive because they say, I literally have no one right. to help me, and I have nowhere to turn for the resources that I need. And so the only choice I have. And that's where you know, it really is. Um, important for for people of privilege, people of means, people, you know, who are in positions where they do have options to recognize um, we can't impose our view of the world onto economically vulnerable women, most of the time who are the very people who oppose abortion, but feel that they have no other options. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 just you look at like the Sacramento Life Center, and I, I just bring them up because I'm probably more familiar with them. But but life centers up and down the state, as you say, uh, that that and you're familiar with so many more than than I am. You look at what they do um, in terms of uh, they're, they're they're getting you on in the same day. They're finding you a doctor. I was talking to Marie Leatherby, and she's saying. 
we see women that are three, four, five months pregnant. And they've never seen a doctor. Right. You know, and you're okay. going to get a doctor. You're going to they're going to get you medical insurance. They're going to show you where to get some groceries. They're going to uh, get you onto CalFresh. There are all these different things that they're like one one sh- stop shopping, and they're not going to twist your arm. They're not going to try to baptize you or, or right. <laughs> make you pray right. with them. They're you know, and and they 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 really care about, and, and they're going to give you. Two years worth of diapers and formula, and I mean, oh my gosh, uh, a lot of people, uh, people of means even, can't navigate red tape. They can't fill out forms. They they don't know how to find a doctor. They don't know how to get on, you know, Medi-Cal or Medicare or, or a million other things. They don't know how to, uh, you know, get CalFresh. They don't know how to do any of that, and it just defeats them. And they just say, well, I'm just going to get an abortion. Right. No, you're absolutely right. What what we find is that so often it's not even material assistance, although that's very helpful, of course. Um, but more often, what it is is accompaniment. Um, yep. It's very often in a woman's life, especially if she is experiencing an unexpected pregnancy and, and she's not pleased, um, she'll often sort of withdraw. So there might be people in her life who would support her, but very often. Um, she feels alone, whether mm-hmm. she's truly alone or not. She feels alone. And so um, just that accompaniment, that you knowing that at these pregnancy centers, there are beautiful but also trained people, like you said, they're experts. Yeah, they are. Who are, yeah. who are there um, and who can navigate, um, but also who will accompany, who will stay with you, who will listen and who have, you know, they have all the time in the world to spend um, with this person who is hurting because that's their job. And they love it, and that's you know that's that's a ministry. Um, so I think you know that's that's also a very good lesson for all of us is to say um, how are we you know reaching out, and if we see even just people in our neighborhood or parishes or work or whatever you know who are um, expecting a child or maybe just had a baby, are we reaching out beyond ourselves and asking how can we help, and can I bring you a meal, and can I watch your children for you if you mm-hmm. need a little break, and can I you know. Um, bringing little things and, and just seeing what can we do because um, everyone needs accompaniment, right? Everyone needs companionship and, and um, on our life's journey. So to specifically sort of, you know, look at um, people with children or people expecting children, how can we in a particular way um, walk with them? I think that's a, a really positive thing to do, especially now while we're also, you know, fighting abortion during Prop 1 to say at the same time, so not wait until after, but at the same time, how can this make us more aware of the needs within our own communities? Yeah, we're with Kathleen Domingo, the executive director of the California Catholic Conference, and the bishops have been very big on that word accompaniment. Yes, um, I think it's um, it's very scriptural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very uh, very much the gospel message. Um, is you know, and very much in in the the message of um, Pope Francis, you know of accompanying people, especially those um, who are in vulnerable vulnerable positions. Um, he talks about people on the margins, too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that doesn't just mean people on the, the literal margins of society, but also just people, again, who are, are feeling isolated and feeling left out. And so how do we spot them, and then how do we stand with them? Um, and sometimes that's very difficult to do. Think back to, you know, middle school, and, and maybe you were the new kid, or maybe you saw yep. the new kid, and you think, like, oh, I don't want to go sit by the new kid, because I'm going to be judged, you know. But as Christians, we are really called to um, to feel courageous and to encourage others to do the same thing. And so um, I, I think that that's exactly the role that we should have in, in our world. Kathleen, in, in the legislature, we have a couple of bills, AB 2134 and SB 1142. I'm sure you're familiar with both of those. Right. They, they too, have to do... Can you explain those, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, Reader's Digest version, the 25 words or less? <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're funding, abortion funding bills, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they are um, essentially expanding... So it, in, in the legislature this year, there were a number of bills expanding abortion, and they kind of fell into a number of different categories, all funded through the state budget. So the state budget includes over $200 million um, of taxpayer funds to expand abortion access. And so specifically, these bills are expanding abortion by paying for abortion. So 
Abortion is already free to women in California through Medi-Cal if they qualify and through a mm-hmm. variety of ways. Um, this is really adding to that, adding beyond just the, 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 that funding to increase to say, now we're going to do other things. We're going to pay for lost wages if you have to take time off of work. We can pay for child care if you have to put, you know, have child care during the time that you're seeking an abortion. We can uh, pay for your travel expenses in, within California if you're, you know, lives in the state. Um, we're going to um, pay for doula care. And so all of these kinds of ancillary expenses. Um, beyond that, California is funding, so abortion access, um, abortion expansion um, in terms of infrastructure, so um, paying for new abortion facilities, paying to make sure that there's, um, there are abortion um, providers, in um, other parts of the state, in certain counties where there currently are no abortion providers, and then also paying to tighten up security at abortion provider uh, locations so that um, they have increased security presence. Um, also, the abortion workforce, so things like scholarships for um, medical students who are studying to become doctors to, or, or any kind of clinician to say, okay, well, you go on to be an abortion provider, then we'll offer you a scholarship, things mm-hmm. like that. So. All of these taken together are really just expanding um, up the ability for people to have free access to abortion, free access to all of those ancillary costs, and then to make sure that there is um, a real emphasis on the presence and the access of abortion um, everywhere in the state going forward. Hmm. And no legislation at all to help people who want to have a kid? Well, there's, there's um, I, I don't want to say none. California actually has a fairly robust social safety net. Here's the difference, though. So this year there's a real emphasis on abortion and emphasis on, again, all of those ancillary measures. So it's absolutely true to say that if you decide that you would like to have a child and you need to go to prenatal care, um, the state is not going to pay for you to travel to your prenatal care. They're not going to pay for your child care when you're there and your lost wages. So in that sense, yes, there is no equity for those kinds of costs. At the same time, California does have, um, as you mentioned, you know, access to, um, to Medi-Cal and to CalFresh mm-hmm. and to different things, different resources. And we've been working on bills this year to help with um, increased uh, paid family leave reimbursements and, and um, allowing women to have access to social services earlier in their pregnancy and things like that. What, what is not equitable is that California is focusing so much on uniting all of those resources to help women who are seeking abortion, mm-hmm. building a website, a million dollars, a million dollars of taxpayer dollars to build a website where women can find all of these things, you know, at the touch of a button so they know exactly how to navigate and they have, you know, um, real access and an easy um, opportunity to find all of the resources around abortion. Whereas, as you mentioned before, um, finding those resources for um, pregnancy and parenting are more difficult. There's not that same emphasis in California. So it's not that we don't have the resources. It's that it's just much harder to find. And all of the energy this year in California is going toward providing abortions and making that sort of the preeminent solution that people can seek. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I think I was a bit inarticulate there that, that we do have a robust safety net in California for, for all kinds of people, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it for that. I'm and thinking more of, you know, the, like you say, if, if you Googled, um, I'm, I'm pregnant, I'd like to have a baby, but I'm really struggling economically or whatever, um, you're not going to find some state agency to pop up. That's correct. Most likely. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, Kathleen, it is always a joy to talk with you. I'm I'm so so glad you're over there doing the work for all of us. And uh, uh, cacatholic.org for people who would uh, explain how they can sign up for uh, you know your legislative uh, network. Absolutely, yes. I hope that everyone does sign up and gets involved in uh, Prop One this year, but also in the legislative process all the time. There's always things to work on in California. Very good. Well. God's blessings to you and all your staff there working hard, and uh, we'll look forward to talking again soon. Thanks so much, Bob. Thanks, Kathleen. That's uh, Kathleen Domingo, the executive director of the California Catholic Conference, which represents all the bishops of the state of California as uh, they work with uh, our state legislatures.
as state legislators on both sides of the aisle, both in the California State Senate and the California Assembly, and also with the governor's office and uh, state, various state officials and various state agencies. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. Hello, this is Jennifer Campbell, Director of Trinity Pines Catholic Center. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Jennifer, for that wonderful introduction. Appreciate it very much. And uh, speaking of Trinity Pines, uh, they will have their uh, uh, end-of-the-year gathering their parents well not parents weekend family weekend if you will at camp pendola labor day weekend september 3rd through the 5th families are invited to join family camp at camp pendola it's for families of all sizes to connect with with each other and nature all kinds of uh, different activities are offered uh, hiking arts and crafts swimming archery on and on and on uh, just just what you'd imagine from a summer camp and Labor Day weekend is still, uh, especially in this area, kind of in the heart of summer. Um, memories are made at family camp. Again, September 3rd through the 5th, um, a family ca uh, camp. Uh, each adult is $130. Uh, each child 5 to 17 is 75. Children under 4 are free. And the maximum cost could be per family, if you're doing the math here, is just $500. So you could have 10 kids, and it's going to be $500 total. Um, it's a Camp Pendola up near Camptonville in Yuba County. Uh, to learn all about it, you can call 916-733-0135 or visit pendola.org. That's P-E-N-D-O-L-A, pendola.org. And uh, on fire? Saturday, September 17, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yes, that's a, that's 13 hours. 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. It's 13 hours of faith and fun and fulfillment and uh, uh, inspiration. Uh, people just rave about On Fire. It was a brainchild of the Diocese of Sacramento, but it involves all the dioceses of Northern and Central California and the Diocese of Reno. It's co-sponsored by the Diocese of Fresno, Monterey, Oakland, Reno, Sacramento, Santa Rosa, San Jose, Stockton, and the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Um, it features Epic the Band, Marie Pablo, Joe Melendres, Steve Angrisano, Father Joe Kim. Uh, you can visit the animals. You can ride the rides. You can get a great buffet lunch, all you can eat, uh, all at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom in Vallejo. 
sign up at onfirenorcal.com. And everybody gets there on their own. There, there may be some areas uh, to take buses, but here in the Diocese of Sacramento, uh, you get to Vallejo, which is in the Diocese of Sacramento, on your own. G- Gabe, you ever been to Six Flags? I have been to Six Flags. It's fun. I like it. It's I like to watch other people on the rides. <laughs> I've always, I, you know, it's it, I, it, nothing to do with age. It, it, I've been that way since I was a kid. I never enjoyed the roller coasters. And now, when I was a kid, Ferrisville was a big deal. Yeah. You know, now, I mean, these rides are absolutely crazy. The thing the thing about it, though, that's, that's kind of like counterintuitive is y- they get scarier and scarier, but... The reality of it is, is they can get scary and scary because the technology's gotten so much better and the safety measures are so much better. I mean, it was always like a like a, a trope in movies where you know somebody fall out of a out of a, a roller coaster, but it never actually it really happens. It's well, extremely it rare. Happens, and in this day and age of instant communications, it you're gonna you're gonna hear about it. And you rarely you ever are do. Going to hear about it, right? But it it. It probably happens once or twice a year worldwide. Yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna hear about it. It's like airplane flights. Yeah. They're extremely safe, and I mean, as you and I have talked about this for the last thirty seconds, there's probably been about you know a thousand flights have taken off worldwide, and they're all gonna land in their their spot where they're supposed to be. Yeah. But that idea that it might go wrong, and when it goes wrong, it's so catastrophic, is kind of what makes you scared when you go on it. Well, it is. You know, and every time you're on an airplane, you hear a, hear a bump or a loud noise, or you look out the window, and it's actually foggy, but you, the engine's on fire. Right, you know? right. And, and it's, it's just weird. And, and you do the math, and you go, the chances are just astronomically small yeah. that it's going to crash. But but there's, there's something, something about it that... Uh, uh, just scares you just a little bit, and that's the roller coaster thing. And that's the great thing about those lines because you go on those lines of the roller coaster. They have one there. I don't remember the name of it now. It was, I think, it was like originally called Medusa or something. And it was, you would actually be underneath uh, one of the turns while you're in line. And a lot of them are kind of like that. And but you you hear it rumble around you and how fast it goes, and everyone kind of like you know, yeah. you know, it's like they go right past you, and and it's it makes it like. While you're online, you're kind of like, is this, is this okay? <laughs> I like the little train ride at Train Town in Sonoma. Yeah, yeah, or uh, uh, Fairy Tale Town over here in, in Sacramento. Town. Yeah, the, the nut tree used to have a. Little, I remember that train that would take you in from the airport into the restaurant and gift shop and that. I yes. like those trains. Yeah, those are good trains. Those are yeah. good trains. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's what I like about um, some of the Disney rides, like like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like they lull you to sleep. Like, oh, look, there's pirates. Look, there's there's a little battleship going on. Whoops, down the tube. And then you, you get scared for a second. And then you, I know, it's, I like, I mean, my kids, I like them. On, on Pirates of the Caribbean, they, they jump up and down and say they saw Johnny Depp being one of the pirates. Yeah. One day. And I guess he does that. He will do that. And apparently he also will carry his, um, his costume with him and go to random children's hospitals and just kind of yeah. show up and just do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to think. I mean, that character was nothing. It was. It was. He was just. It, it, when the ride was just the ride, there was no Captain Jack Sparrow. It was just a bunch of pirates, right. and he made that character. So I, I, you know, if anyone's got a right to do it. When our kids were relatively young, and one of them was young enough to be kind of scared by that whole thing, you know, this boat. Yeah. And and there's one point where you kind of go uphill a little uh-huh. bit. The thing shut down. <gasps> oh no. For about twenty minutes, and we're sitting there. It's been the Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you get stuck on it's a small world, and that song well, just there, goes there, off there in a loop in your head. There was, I, I remember, it was it wasn't? We had been at Knott's Berry Farm, and it wasn't too long after we had been there when one of those rides shut down with kids way, <gasps> way at the top, you know. See, and that's the thing. That's the worst that'll happen is you'll be stuck up there. Stuck. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I used to live, I lived in Santa Cruz for a year, and I used to visit up there all the time. The log ride it was so funny because it was like, you look at it now as an adult, you're like, somebody built this ride so you'd be up super high. They didn't really have a lot else thought out from that point on until the drop because it's literally like you're up 
yeah. you know, like 10 stories and you're just kind of going around aimlessly. And then there's this really cool big drop yeah. and that's it. It's, it's almost as if they were like, I don't really know what else to do. We got all this pipe, so let's make it longer. Where when you, I think it's, it might be either great America or at six flags where, um, we're on fire. Is it that, that they have the one where you just go up, you make a turn and you go down. It's like, why are we messing around with a log ride? Let's just, let's just get to the scary part. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we don't want to. Uh, uh, it, the, and it's, this this one's geared for teenagers and young adults, but everybody, yeah. everybody's welcome. And uh, uh, I, I'm not sure I would eat the all-you-can-eat lunch before I went on some of those rides. But it's also got to live dangerously. A great opportunity for mass. <laughs> some great inspirational speakers, um, and and you can see some of God's creation, and all the wonderful animals there. And it's just a, a lot of the bishops go. Bishop Soto always goes. And uh, it's just a it's it's a wonderful wonderful day. Are they doing the Vallejo. Are they doing the animal shows while they're there? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm I don't know sure. either. That'd be interesting to see because I mean, it'd be kind of cool. You get a real like up close and personal. Presumably they are. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but, I think so. Uh, yeah, and and Six Flags always does always does a great job, and it's 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 great for them to host a Catholic event. Um, you know, they don't have to be Catholic to sign up. You know, Catholic to go. Um, there is a time when the only people allowed into the park are people who are part of the on-fire group. Right. So that's can, a, that's a I can see people in line going, I want to be Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the, it's not the, it's not how we, we convert people, but, uh, um, I mean, it's a start. It's a this start. Is a start. It's, it's a start. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Next year, Catholic, so you get to go on. The yeah. yeah. I find it interesting that there are a lot of these places that we, that, that have hold these events that are strictly Catholic events like, uh, Rayleigh field, you know, uh, in here, you know, and there's been, there's been a bunch well, we over attended, the years. We, we attended uh, Holy mass at Rayleigh field. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's just it's it's interesting because I think I think so many people who are not Catholic have the out have the outside perspective that Catholics are not inclusive, or that Catholics mm-hmm. are a very like you know, if you're not Catholic by the time you're aware of what Catholicism is, it's too late kind of thing, and yeah, it's like yeah, it's yeah. it's totally not, and and I think there's a lot of that. So I think it's nice to know that people can go to these quote unquote you know ba- normal places like like Six Flags or what have you, and then be able to come and contact with the church because you know unless you're not seeking it out you're not going to know i think it's great too for kids from all over the diocese to see other kids from other dioceses and um uh, we've heard that with the bringing them together for for confirmation ahead of time you know and and all a thousand kids or something all Mm -hmm. uh, one of our high schools and for for a weekend and and just or a, a long weekday and and seeing other kids of of the faith but you look at all the things the Catholic Church does, all the Catholic charities, and um, no questions asked. Yeah. Just no questions asked. We're here to help you, whether you're a fire victim or you're homeless or or, or what it is. Uh, you know, you need immigration services or, or language services or whatever. A Sacramento Food Bank started by the Catholic Church uh, yeah. by Father Dan Madigan um, at Immaculate uh, Conception. Um, interfaith things too, like yeah. uh, like gay, the uh, Exodus Project. Yeah, you know exactly. Catholic churches and that too. Yeah, and that you're not. It's 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 we're we're there to help. The Good Samaritan didn't ask uh, what your faith was. Exactly. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. I just think it's it's funny when you hear a lot of these, a lot of the criticisms people have, and you realize that. And I don't mean this in a, in the, I mean this in the pure dictionary form of it. There's, they're very ignorant to what happens with the different things. And you hear a, a, a line that someone throws out, and then you realize it becomes the narrative. Yet no one ever bothered to ask, "Wait, is that true?" Yeah, is that true? It just becomes the narrative. It you know? does become the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, the, this uh, anyway, on, on fire should be should be a lot of fun, and. Uh, I will. I, will, I might go and watch. You know what we should do hmm. is afterward we should get some of the kids on, mm-hmm. ask them, and, and get them to talk about on fire. What did it mean to them? We should go and interview people when they get off the rides. When they get off the rides, yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be fun. Yeah. I know we actually should go. We should. We should I take mean, we our talk remote a lot about stuff. the rides. There's more than the rides, obviously, but on the flip side of it, they are having it at Six Flags. Right, it's it's like you you look at you look at Manhattan. Yeah, cathedral. You look at Manhattan. There's a lot more than the buildings, but yeah. when you drive by, you're like, wow, look at all those cool buildings. <laughs> and when right. you see the rides, you know, you want to see it. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. There's some really good. There's some. I mean, honestly, I mean, we talked about like how they're scary and whatever, but the real honesty of it is, is they're super safe and they're really fun. And the, the people putting putting on on fire have really attracted some great talent. Uh, people coming in. Uh, Epic the band from Florida, Marie Pablo, Joe Melendrez, who's just so well known. Steve Angrisano, Father Joe Kim, all of them are, are really really great people. They're um, really sp- spreading the good news of of. Or Catholic faith. Yeah, On Fire has become so big that it actually has its own website now. It's not like it's not like it goes up on our diocesan website. Yep. I mean, it does, but it, it you click on the link and it's its own. It's its oh, own, it's become a, its own entity. There are people that I mean, they circle that date right, yeah, right away, uh, spreading the good news of Jesus, Jesus Christ, our, our founder. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, that's uh, that's great stuff. And then and then ministry days. The very next weekend again on fire September seventeen. Go to onfirenorcal.com. Ministry Days is the next weekend. Real the the theme this year: real presence, real life, because the the bishops uh, and uh, the United States are are really emphasizing you know Eucharistic revival, the the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Uh, Friday, September third, twenty third. 23rd and Saturday, September 24th, always the the last full weekend of September at St. Francis Catholic High School, 5900 Elvis Avenue, the largest gathering of ministers, catechists, and Catholic school teachers in the Diocese of Sacramento. Um, some great talent again uh, presenting, Father Daniel uh, Williamson, a Eucharistic preacher, uh, Kara Morales, a marriage and family therapist, Father Michael T. Martin, uh, witness to unity, and uh, Pedro Rubalcava, who is uh, Grammy-nominated, and uh, just a—it's—it's it's a, a weekend of inspiration. Usually, you go just uh, you go one day or the or the other. Uh, it is in English and in and in Spanish. I know Jennifer uh, Campbell is going to be on our show maybe tomorrow. I believe I have to look at my schedule, but she um, I asked her if she wanted to come on because they have opportunities for people to sign up to be a vendor um or during the exhibition part of it in the exhibition area uh so if you have a you know a cause and and listen tomorrow to jennifer and, and hear more well, what the parameters are to get in there but um i would imagine it would be you know if you have some kind of a of, of a ministry or or, right. or something that you want that you want to highlight that you want to get in there you can and then get people to know more about it and have people um you know, be able to come by and talk to you and, and kind of figure out what it is. So it's it's also a good opportunity for that for people like 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 someone like Jane Lee who's you know got a ministry that um, she's you know she works really hard at and uh, you might want some more people to kind of know about it and just it's a good it's a good marketing right. opportunity for your ministry. But you know, and marketing sounds like a, a weird term for that. But I mean, if you look at it, it kind of purely it is in a way. So you want to you know get more get the word out there. You want to get people more involved. So you want to. You and know. some great great workshops as well um, at uh, at ministry days, and uh, uh, I know the times I've participated as a presenter at uh, at uh, ministry days, uh, learned so much from. I mean, people come from all over the diocese. They come from from Wairika, and they come from Weed, and they come from Galt, and you know, from the southern end, and they come from Benicia and Vallejo, and on and on and on, Fairfield, everywhere. Brings up a good point. All these years we've talked about all these different cities that are in the diocese. What is? Do you know the border? Like where we? Wh- like what the major cities are? East, west, north, south. Yeah. Uh, well, it goes all the way to the Oregon border. Okay. Goes all the way to the Nevada border. Goes as, as far south as Galt, Rio Vista. Um, goes up into the foothills. Goes all the way to, to Lake Tahoe, but also spread. You know, we we have Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pretty pretty soon you get a little bit far further south in in the in the foothills you run into the diocese of Stockton and yeah of course our good friend Bishop Cotta yeah and then the next the next one down is 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 Fresno the diocese of Fresno mm-hmm. all the way to Bakersfield and all that all the way to the grapevine really and so when they refer to Northern California that's basically us almost exclusively yeah the others are really in my mind the Central Valley. Yeah, uh, in Central sense. California. You know, I mean, when when I was a kid, it was the Sacramento Valley, which was basically Sacramento to to Redding. You know, once you get to Redding, you've you've exhausted the valley. 
Yeah. Running's at about 300 feet elevation, but you're not seeing stuff growing everywhere. You're right. starting to get into the mountains and Lake Shasta and, and then Mount Shasta and all that. I-5 becomes a little less flat. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and the other valley was the San Joaquin Valley. And uh, um, now you, you hear the term Central Valley, which tends to, and it's, it is, I mean, you look at the Central Valley, a quarter of the food in the United States is produced in that valley, hmm. running from, say, Redding, really more Red Bluff is where most of the crop crops yeah. end, all the way down to Bakersfield. Hmm. And you get down to Bakersfield, they get five, six inches of rain a year, uh, but that, that whole desert, almost a desert there, yeah. is blooming because of, of you know the California Water Project and all that. There's some struggles now because of because of water yeah and so and, and then we run all the way to the coast in Vallejo Benicia um, the one part of northern California that is not in the Diocese of Sacramento is the Diocese of Santa Rosa mm. which runs if you if you go down Interstate 80 toward the Bay Area from mm -hmm. Sacramento on the on the south side You've got you've got Dixon, you've got Vacaville, you've got Vallejo, you've got Elmira, you've got uh, all of those mm -hmm. are in the diocese of Sacramento, mm -hmm. all the way to Benicia and Vallejo. But once you get sort of on north of Interstate Five, uh, once you're past Fairfield, Napa, American Canyon, uh, Santa Rosa, uh, uh, Sonoma. Mm. And then and then on up. So kind of Highway 12. Or, or, or Highway 12. Yeah, that then, area. And then going up the Napa Valley, all through Rutherford and, and uh, Calistoga and all those towns. Gotcha. And and then up 101, whether it's Mendocino, you know, Mendocino County, Ukiah, right. Willits, all the way up Eureka, Crescent City. Those are all in the Diocese of Santa Rosa. And then everything. So they, they hug. The Diocese yeah. of Santa Rosa hugs the coast from the Oregon border, from Brookings. Okay. All the way down to San Francisco to, to to well almost to Marin County. But the diocese of San Francisco yeah, at that point, the, then, right? The diocese of San Francisco. It's, it's amazing to think of how like how big San Francisco is as far as a culturally, people wise, all that. Yet their diocese is not nearly as big as ours. Yeah. So if you get if you if you if you were on the Oregon border and the Oregon California border and walked from east to west, from the Nevada border all the way to the Pacific Ocean. You would be mostly in the diocese of Sacramento, yeah. but then as you got to the coast, it would be the diocese of, of Santa Rosa. <laughs> so Alturas, Tule Lake, the high desert is all the diocese of uh, Sacramento. Hmm. It's, it is. It has to be one of. It's, it's one of the largest, obviously, in the country, but it's also among the most diverse geographically. I was thinking, yeah. Um, it 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 really is. It's it's. Um, we have high mountains. You know, we, we sometimes in the summer say, well, it's another hot day here in the Diocese of Sacramento. It might be a hot day in Sacramento. It might be 65 in Truckee. Yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. Know, and it was 32 last night in right. July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or it might, the sea breeze might be blowing in Vallejo and Benicia and hasn't, or even Fairfield. Yeah. Uh, which hasn't reached Sacramento. So, it's it's so diverse. You get up you get up in Alturas and you might think you're in Wyoming or Montana. It's that high desert, you know, a lot of sagebrush, a mm -hmm. lot of juniper. God's country, just yeah. beautiful vistas up yeah. there. But it's 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 a different. It's it's and and, and the culture is different. The cultures, yeah, California is very diverse. Are, in that way. are way different. I mean, the Sacramento is easily the biggest city. And then, you know, you're dealing with Redding, which is pushing 100,000, and yeah. Davis was about 70,000, and Fairfield probably 100, and Vallejo around 100. But Sacramento's the... Roseville, 250,000, or 200,000, yeah, I mean, about 200,000. you put the whole Sacra Sacramento metro area yeah. together, you're oh, yeah, yeah. well over a Yeah, you go up to the foothills from Sacramento, yeah, you've, yeah, yeah. that whole area. And you've got all these separate towns, but you almost, but between... Between, you know, Sacramento and Auburn, yeah. there are not very many breaks of open space. It's funny, where I grew up in the Bay Area in San Mateo, it was kind of like Roseville to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. you know, you you tell people back then, like, I, I, where do you live? Like, oh, San Mateo. Like, where? Like, eh, San Francisco. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, what's the point? I'm just going to San Francisco. Now everyone knows San Mateo. Same with Roseville. When I moved to Roseville, you know, I was 18 when I moved to Roseville. Right. Just graduated high school, and everyone's like, where are you living? I'm like, Roseville. Like, where? Well, I'm like Sacramento. Well, I live you, in Sacramento. You, you head south on 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 99. Yeah, out of Sacramento. Yeah, and you get all the way to Elk Grove, and you really have i mean use some open space but not very much oak grove is like the south roseville yeah. at this point it's becoming kind of like that with rose there's a, there's a really strong old town yeah. and then they're kind of building out like the sort of the new newer suburbia so yeah it is it's just such an interesting diocese and we always talk about the borders and how far people have to go and they have these jobs that are you know taking them all around the diocese oh, yeah. and you, you, you know whether you're you're dealing with with youth and young adult ministry or trying to get of the Gabriel Project in various parishes, and and I always say to him, I say, you got good tires in yeah. your car, and, yeah. And of course, the bishop goes to all these places. Yeah, for, he's all over for confirmations. Or uh, I know when the terrible fire up in Happy Camp that destroyed the church, mm-hmm. the bishop was right up there. You know, he couldn't get into Happy Camp; had to go to Fort Jones, and but had mass there. And I mean, that's almost in Oregon. I always love when I call to get him on the show, and his and his uh, his assistant is. Uh, she'll be like, "No, he's in." Then she'll say some random town I've never heard of before. I'm like, "Okay, well, is he back later that day?" She's like, "No, no, no, that's a really long drive." And, you know, and, and it, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter whatever town you're in. There's going to be a Catholic church there. Oh yeah, it might be a mission church. You know. There's a church street in every town. There's a church, yeah, especially in Roseville. <laughs> it's main church, and then like you know, then like something that's more like you know, like there's like you know, railway town or railway yeah. road or something like that. But there's always main and church are the two that you can always. I, you I know. remember my my brother and I were coming out of coming down from from Tahoe area one time years ago, and it was uh, it was a Saturday afternoon. I thought well, we could we could probably make Saturday evening mass. Um, Let's you know it, it was getting to be about four four thirty and we're maybe in Auburn or somewhere and I said let's 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 go into Roseville and there Church Street I go oh, and there yeah, it is well, I think we're doing okay here yeah you know? <laughs> but the the first church we found was not the Catholic Church I think but it's then, a Presbyterian church on Church yeah, Street yeah and we finally found uh, the the Catholic Church and lo and behold who is getting out of his car but Bishop Quinn oh. Who was the bishop at the time? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't think I'd ever met him, but I'd seen him. And uh, he had his staff, you know, he had like a Ford Pinto or something. And the staff came untwisted in the middle, so he so it would fit into his car. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was just, he was just, he, you know, he was getting out of his car, and I went up and just said, "How are you doing?" And introduced myself and my brother, and and uh, he was just. So happy to see us. And, and that's uh, how he was every time like, we talked to him. You guys live in Rome. What do you do? You're just out randomly <laughs> looking for a Catholic mass? What are you guys doing? You know? That's great. Yeah. yeah he was the so, best. Yeah, he was great. So well, we, we've been blessed with uh, Bishop Soto and uh, Bishop Wiegand and Bishop Quinn and uh, even other bishops during my lifetime. And uh, uh, just all had, uh, you know, the the great Catholic faith and um, our faith in Jesus Christ in their hearts. So we've been very blessed here in the Diocese of Sacramento. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. Well, here I am in a river of questions. Can I pour my heart out to a listening I see this life, it's valleys and mountains, and I think of all the roads that brought me here, oh, that brought me here, walking down, walking down the road. Well, I've questioned my reasons, this life I'm living, I question my ability to judge wrong from I questioned all the things I've ever called certain My race, my religion, my country, my mind But the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do You really love me like you say you do So hold me 
Thing 